0: Dealing with the loss of loved ones can be one of the most difficult life challenges we face. Feelings of grief for many can be overwhelming and oftentimes require ongoing additional support. In this week's segment, we'll take a look at the different layers of grief and how to handle it when it comes. Let's have a conversation. and this is sister friends cups and conversation I'm so glad that you took the time to join us today and at the table I have with me Catherine Young Catherine is a two-time author and also the director at care parenting Center here in Shreveport and she will always be at the table with me yes Yes. pound it pound it (laughs) and then for the very first time we have Crystal Taylor And Crystal happens to be my only beloved daughter. (laughs) And she's a psalmist and a mommy and a wife and a businesswoman, and so I'm glad to have you, Crystal, you at the me. table. Thank yes, you. and this is the ninth episode, and she made it to the table. <laughs> <laughs> and so we have again Miss Chantal Small, and she's back at the table. We've enjoyed her the first time, and so we had to have her back the second time. And Chantal is the executive director at Care Parenting, and she's also a pastor's wife, mm-hmm. and she's a mom and she's just an all around, you know, woman. And so I'm just glad to have her at the table today. All right, are you guys ready to have a conversation? Yes. You ready? Okay, before we get into our topic today, uh, I wanna share our cup and our cup says, hello. Hello. It's about 12 o'clock your time (laughs) and uh, we wanna say hello to you. You know, ladies, one of the first things our parents teach us while we're growing up is how to enter a room and how to say good morning, hello, and to acknowledge ourselves yeah. when we enter into uh, an environment with people. Yeah. And it teaches us etiquette yes. and courtesy. And, uh, and so this morning when I thought about this cup, I said, you know, we're going to be talking about grief and it's going to be so important that we encourage people yes. that in the middle of sorrow, in the middle of loss, yes. that they don't lose that etiquette to be very present. Even in the midst of you know a trying uh, set of circumstances, and always to say hello to life. Yes. Hello. So hello, ladies. Hello. hello. All righty. Hello. So that's our cup today. Hello. You know somebody was asking me, uh, can they buy the cup? Yes. And so the first thing I want to say is that we will have our sister friend cup available soon. And I'm you know I'm kind of thinking about uh maybe giving away some cups really yeah. soon here and so maybe in episode uh in season two we'll we'll do a big blitz or maybe uh we'll just do a live feed and just take some time and give away some of the cups that we've we've featured yeah. uh over this uh this first season what do y'all think
1: yeah. 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 okay
0: well are y'all ready to have a conversation about grief You know, one of the things that I was thinking about (laughs) my daughter, uh, she made the table today and she was like, mommy, like, first of all, why did you invite me to this subject? (laughs) And I said, well, we need a millennial voice and you fit the demographic. And, you know, by nature, she's she likes to have fun and she wants to, you know, caddy and and just be hilarious. Mm -hmm. And she's like, this is not really a uh, that that type of subject. Right. Um, but, you know, even in grief, we have to find ways to laugh yes. and find joy in in the middle of darkness. Mm-hmm. So I, I assured her that she she belongs around this table. And so as we <laughs> as we uh, talk about grief today, I wanted to say the one of the very first thing. Besides losing our loved one, Mm -hmm. the very first thing that happens in many cases to an individual that's uh, going through the passage or the the journey of grief, Mm -hmm. the very very first thing that happens in many cases, not always, but I've found in many cases, is the enemy or grief itself tries to steal their voice, and it tries to steal the voice of those that are around them. And so I, I wrote that down. I said the first loss that occurs after uh, grief is the thief tries to, to steal our voice. And grief comes to steal the frequency, uh, the power of our voice, the power of our voice to speak to people or for that person to actually speak on what they're going through. And that in itself, Kathy, it steals the compassion and it steals the empathy you know, from us because we're we have a hard time talking about, you know, the loss of a loved one. Right. And then everyone around us all of a sudden goes quiet. Yes. Yes. And so that uh, for me, the first thief of, of grief is
1: your voice going dead. What are your thoughts on that, Kathy? I really agree with that, because sometimes even in the midst of grief, what we sometimes do is we hide ourselves Mm -hmm. because you don't want people to see you or you don't want them to say anything about what has happened, because once they say something, it puts you back under that darkness or that shadow of grief. So we'll just quiet down and hope nobody else will say anything as well. Right. And, And that's something
0: to really recognize. That it's a thief that you know we talked about it earlier that the very first thing that our parents teach us is how to say hello how to say good morning it empowers us as an individual and then to to go through something that's that rips our heart out or that causes to feel shattered and then to not be able to speak and then sometimes for us not to be able to speak but then for everyone around you to not be able to speak and so it's like you you get thrust into this this gigantic um hole of silence you know what I mean and like you feel suffocated like I need to get out I need to get out but because the enemy has silenced your voice Mm -hmm. and everyone's so afraid um Chantal let me ask you this as pastoring at a, at a local church, I mean, you've you've probably seen it all. You've the, the happiest moments when babies are born, uh, the weddings, uh, graduations, birthdays. But there's just something different when your parishioners or people that you know start facing death. And it's even as a pastor, sometimes people think, oh, it should be so easy because he's a man of God or they, you know, they're in touch with God. They ought to know what to say. Um, Speak on that, on how that sometimes it's not always easy for pastors.
2: Yes, indeed. Uh, Something I always tell people is grief is a strange companion Mm -hmm. because everyone focuses on it differently. And so, like, for example, when I lost my sister, you know, I, I was more seclusive. I was more of a journaler. I would put on worship music, whereas my one sister was very avid about speaking about it so when we consider that everyone is different in their moments of grief, some people in our congregation can be angry.
3: Right. Um, Some
2: people can be more, you know, more stoic. And so you don't necessarily know what they're feeling on the inside. Mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, it's just telling them that we're here for them, but also showing them, Mm -hmm. you know, that there's power in the connection, that disconnection, you know, we're powerless in disconnection, but there's power. There's um, that, that building of strength when you're with someone else and you're standing by them, not necessarily saying the right words, but standing with them. I think that's Something that speaks more yeah. volumes than necessarily having the right words in the moment absolutely. absolutely
0: and that and that is very well that's a great key um there's we, we mentioned about the different layers because that's important because grief um doesn't have just one face mm-hmm. and it doesn't just look one way mm-hmm. i mean if even if you google and you did a google sh- search they're going to say like maybe the five layers or stages of grief, or they may say ten stages of grief. Everyone's got, you know, um, their analogy or their, you know, hypothesis on what grief yeah. is and how to navigate it. Mm-hmm. I think the common denominator is 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 that um, they, they have similarities, mm-hmm. but everyone faces it differently. And it, and it manifests itself differently. And one of the things um, that, that's common, these five uh, attributes that are common, if you didn't know and you're watching today, we're talking about grief. Um, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Those are, those are the first five stages. And and they're not, like, numbered, like you're going to go one, two, three. They they kind of intertwine, and they're like a circle. You don't know when they're going to pop up, but they're somewhere on the bar. They're going to show up at some point. And you don't get to manage how long you're going to be angry yeah. mm-hmm. or how long you're going to be depressed. You just got to know that it's going to come. Mm-hmm. So it's not a strange thing when depression shows up. Um, Crystal, what are your thoughts on that, just in your demographic? Because I know, like... For younger people, the way that they express love and the way that they express uh, death, the way that they express tragedy is just completely different than older generations.
3: Right. Um, Because we're so sociable, Uh uh, social media, that's one outlet that we use. I know that um, when my great-grandmother passed, I didn't say anything quite quickly when I found it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. It took me some time because I was like, well, what am I gonna say? Right. And Because whenever yeah. anything happens, we post it on Facebook or Instagram yeah. or Snapchat. Yeah. And so that was a, a big point in my life that I wanted to share, but I didn't mm-hmm. know what to say. Right. Mm-hmm. And so social media is like a huge way for us to express how we're feeling about mm-hmm. a certain topic or how we're feeling that day. Or, But that helped me to talk about her, mm-hmm. post a picture about her, then get support from whoever around the world that I'm right. friends with that follows me, they were able to just give encouraging words, it's gonna be okay, we're praying for you. And even if they actually didn't pray for me, like just to hear those words back, like we're praying for you if you need anything, you know, um, just let us know. So I think for my generation, social media is one outlet that we use. Even at the actual service, I saw some of my family members, which I don't think is appropriate, but <laughs> they had their, their uh, Snapchat, they were videoing like us at the gravesite. Okay. And, and I, uh, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Like, what are your thoughts?
0: Um, that's something very huge in uh, the younger generation, that they'll just take out their their, their mm-hmm. iPhones and yeah. they'll start filming everything, right. the casket, the, yeah. you know, just the services. And, um, but it doesn't mean that they're not experiencing the same level of pain. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? Yeah,
3: I think the level of pain is still there, but they want to show their pain to the whole world which i think there still needs to be an etiquette a uh, social media etiquette when families are grieving because everyone doesn't want to be on the internet when they're crying over their loved one they don't want to be right. pictured on Snapchat you know yeah. of them on you know kissing the throwing the flower like it's i think it's, it's it's inappropriate but i do know that my age demographic that's our outlet is Let's let the whole world know that I'm sad today or I'm upset about something. But there has to be some type of etiquette. So I think there needs to be okay, it's not just about you. Right. You know, and then I've seen stories on there where a loved one may pass away and the whole family doesn't know. And right. they find out right. on Facebook. If and they find out up. on Snapchat right. or Instagram. And that brings a whole nother level of how they're going to grieve. That might send someone straight into depression. Or straight into anger. anger. I know that would make me very upset. If I I didn't know my grandmother died, I didn't get the call from my family member, and I went on Facebook Mm -hmm. and saw it, that would have upset me. Like, no one didn't think to call me and tell me that...
0: Or maybe they were thinking to call, but the list was so long, and they hadn't gotten to you yet, but because we live in such a microwave, instant... Mm, We used to seeing things posted in Twitter time. Exactly. which twitter is way before you know national news yes. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> or local news right. and so it's so instant and so that's the, the people's first reaction is to respond through social media right. and so that can affect um the grieving process and the stages and and, and it can affect uh how long and how it you're impacted mm-hmm. by uh, the process with um those outside forces. You know, there's a scripture that says in Psalms thirty four and eighteen, the Lord is close. Yes. I love that because if you're facing grief right now, if you're in a in a in a loss or you're going through a tragedy, the first thing you know you need to understand is is that God is close to those who are brokenhearted mm-hmm. and He saves those who are crushed in spirit. So mm-hmm if you, if you ask yourself, where is God? Yeah. I mean, you need to understand where, where he is, is he's where the broken is, mm-hmm. where he, where is he at right now? We know that he's everywhere, but most importantly, he's with the brokenhearted, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And he's close to those that are crushed in spirit. Mm-hmm. Ecclesiastics, you know, life is fleeting and there's a lot of things that we can, um, uh, not depend on, but for sure we could depend on the Bible says there's a time to be born mm-hmm. and there's a time yes. to die. There's a time to cry mm-hmm. and there's a time to laugh. And that's in Ecclesiastics three in 1, and one. And, and there's a time to mourn. And then there's a time to dance. And one of the things, Kathy, that I want to say about grief mm-hmm. is, is that we have to be kind to each other mm-hmm. to and in and, and, and a way that we give people permission mm-hmm. to grieve. Uh, the loss of, whether it's the loss of a, of a baby, whether it's the loss of a child, whether it's a loss of a parent and a friend, and, and then also understand the magnitude of the relationships. You know, um, we had a young uh, cousin that passed away here recently, and he was all of maybe 21, and it was a real tragic um, accident. And I noticed that a lot of the elders in the family, they seem like they grieved harder um, for the young person because you feel like they didn't have, their life was cut short. They didn't have long to live. And it doesn't mean that it's less for the older person, Mm -hmm. but it kind of, when someone's older and they've lived life well, or they've lived life long, Mm -hmm. it it also is a, a healing to say, well, they accomplished this, Or we had them for 80 years, Um, but it's something altogether different when it's like a newborn, or it's a young person, or you—you guys follow what I'm saying? Right.
1: And it doesn't help the heart whether they were younger or older. It's just like when my mom um, passed, I went through the anger phase because it was a shock to me. You know, I thought I I think I would have handled it better if she had been sick. I wouldn't want her sick. But if I knew she was sick and then she would have passed that way, it would have been better for me. But just to die suddenly and then get a text, you know, and it, it just broke my heart. And then I had to question God you know you know the scripture to be absent from the body is to be present with the lord i knew my mom was going to be in heaven but that didn't help my heart right because i wanted her in the here and now and sometimes when we're going through grief you know church folks we know the right scripture to say or whatever but that doesn't help your heart at that time i just talked to my mom yesterday yeah and then today she's gone and so I had to go through the anger right. and then I had to go through my mind went into the mode of I got to get everything done. Right, And so I, everybody couldn't believe how strong they thought I was because they saw me doing everything, doing this, this, this and that. But then after all, everybody was gone, all the celebration, all the cheers, all the laughter when I was by myself, yeah, mm-hmm. that's when I had to struggle with the depression. I couldn't even look at my mama pictures for a year. I had a video of her. We were laughing in the car going on a trip, and I videoed her snoring. <laughs> <laughs> and we laughed, we laughed, and that video was on my phone. Mm -hmm. And when I looked at it, I was shaking so bad because she was alive and breathing. Mm -hmm. So I had to get rid of the video so it wouldn't remind me of her. Mm -hmm. And after she had died a year, I had on my phone, on my, um, you know, the little backdrop, my screensaver. And when it was time, I said, Lord, I'm going to close this book. I couldn't take off my phone because it seemed that if I took her picture off, she was gone forever. So I had to really struggle with, Mama, I have to move on. I have to move on. But if I took that picture off, it would be like I was saying bye forever.
3: Right.
2: Yes. You know, something I was going to say to you along with what she was saying, Mm -hmm. sometimes the saints are the hardest to chastise you when you're in your grief because essentially they think, you know, you are a spiritual person. You ought to be more mature and handy and the reality of it is is that the Lord even Christ when he raised Lazarus cried he knew he was what he was going to do but he he himself grieved Um, even when Elijah was grieving in depression you know um, the Lord didn't chastise him he came and he fed him and that that idea that you know we ought to be those that come alongside them and and comfort them but not expect them to overcome it just so suddenly the Lord is still he's still the God of the process even though even though you know we still grieve uh, as humans
0: Right. and that and that the key word is process and part of that process is acknowledging that you're going to have days where you might have depression or days where you might um, they they call it bargaining Mm -hmm. where you're you're saying to yourself well if only we would have Mm -hmm. you know uh, sought medical attention sooner Mm -hmm. or or if if only we would have you start thinking what could I could have done to prevent it you know prevent that and um and so and you think that there was something that you could have did to stop life Mm -hmm. from happening i mean we all know in theory that that we all have to die right but we don't we don't know the when the how and you know the time and so when like you said it's the many times it's the shock and so you gotta i mean you gotta just deal with the the shock of it first Um, before you can even go to the next layer um, of emotionally um, healing. I, I saw, um, well, let me just say this. Psalms 147 and 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. He heals the brokenhearted and he bandages their wounds. And I I go back, because you mentioned about sometimes it's the Christians that are the hardest, that think, well, you got, Jesus is there for us, and Jesus is a healer, and Jesus, he binds the broken heart, and we're quick to give the scriptures, which we know the scriptures work. Yes.
1: Um,
0: but they also, they don't, also, they don't work necessarily instantly. You know, it's a process of that word getting into the joints and the morrow of our life and of our heart uh, to weed out all the things that um that's covering up the healing process you know what i mean whether it's the bargaining whether it's being angry at god Mm -hmm. whether it's the could have should have would have you know part of it um sometimes it's people are mad at the medical community as if it it was their fault in some cases it could have been their fault Mm -hmm. so it's all these dynamics Mm -hmm. that we have to uh, go through Um, but it's comforting to know that in Psalms uh, 56 and 8, he says that he keeps track yes. of our sorrows. That's right. Yep. Okay. And he collects our tears in a bottle. And you have recorded each one of them in our book. So none of our tears and our pain, none of that is, is wasted. Yeah. And, and God honors that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so that's what's most important. And so really what that's saying to me, ladies, is, is if God thinks about my pain in that way, He's given me permission. He's given us permission to grieve, to hurt, and to make it pass the things that are trying to, you know, debilitate us, you know. Crystal, what are your thoughts um, for your generation with that?
3: I have the same scripture down, uh, Psalms 56 and 8, and I think, um, and I also have the story about Lazarus. I think that um, for us, we are so independent, and we don't want anyone, we rather just grieve on our own like without saying anything but then at the same time we want to post on Facebook right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like you know we, we can handle it on it our own but then we still want the, the world to know right. um, and so I think there's like a twofold for us we want to show that we're independent and we can handle it on our own and we don't need to be coddled and you know I don't need you to baby me but at the same time right. then we'll stand up and say well, I have nobody you know, and so um, there has to be people in our lives that can see past that, our stubbornness, and still reach out and say, you know, I'm here for you. What do right. you need? You know, give us our space. But at the same time, we have to put our pride down and say, you know, no, I am hurting. You know, I, I don't want to go into a silent mode and just internalize everything, right. but I need to open up and say, no, I'm hurting. I I, I need help. I need Absolutely. I need someone to talk to. I need someone to help me through the process. Yes. And um, And because we're so, you know, show me, don't just tell me, but show me, right. you're gonna have to kind of force your way in, you know, for our generation, because a lot of us aren't gonna just put our pride down and say, hey, I need help. We're gonna just be like, oh yeah, I'm good. Right. I'm good, you know, I'm fine. Instead of just saying, no, I'm not okay. Right. We're, not, we're not really that, we don't, we don't chisel down that quickly. You gotta kinda right. chisel us down for us to be like, okay, yeah, I'm struggling. Exactly. exactly.
0: You know, and I wanna go back to what you were saying about your mom. Um, because, you know, I think everyone here, except for you, mm-hmm. still has their, their parent. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine, I don't even, um, my mind hasn't went there yet, mm-hmm. what that would be like to experience a parent. Mm-hmm. And so we're all sitting here uh, being taught mm-hmm. by you mm-hmm. um, on what it is to, to have a parent not present Um, I I, I wouldn't dare say that there's an end to the grief you know what I'm saying just like a a parent that loses a child they never imagine that they would outlive their child and then I don't think that as much as children prepare themselves to say one day I might have to be a caretaker to my parent Mm -hmm. or one day my parent is going to leave there's not a manual or a book on how to do it when it happens you know and, and so there's a quote that says, grief never ends, mm-hmm. but it changes. Yeah. And it changes in where you're at with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It becomes a, almost like a, a friend to you because you don't want to not remember your parents. Mm-hmm. You don't want not to remember their birthdays or the moments that, you, you know what I'm saying? Or the, the times that you, you have because it's your mm-hmm. parent. And it says, it's a passage. It's not a place to stay. Mm-hmm. Grief is not a sign of weakness, mm-hmm. nor a lack of faith. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't, have, it doesn't have anything to do with your faith. That's it has right. everything to do with, it says, grief is the price of love. That's right. I thought that was a beautiful That's quote it. to it explain. Is. It's the price. Yeah. It's the price of love. And so if you're watching today and you're, you find yourself in a moment where you're uh, grieving the loss of a loved one, whether it's a parent, whether it's a child, whether it's a friend, it's, it was your loved one. We want you to know that um, that grief may never end. Um, you, won't, you won't have to live in a, in a space uh, where it overtakes your life. You'll grow and you'll expand and you'll find strength. As you're grieving, um, you just need to know that grief is the price of love, and we all need love. We all need uh, family. We all need memories. We all, you you know, these are the things that 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 make life worth living. You know, and another uh, scripture. Well, let me just say this: one of the most powerful parts of grief to me is when and I don't even know how this happens, but you all may know some organizations, somewhere in that bargaining, somewhere in that anger, somewhere in the denial, when you, what, at what point of acceptance, whether it's at the beginning of acceptance, the middle of acceptance, because I don't know that you ever really accept it, you know what I mean, you just deal with it. Mm-hmm. At, what, at some point, something happens and that grief becomes a mission. We've all seen those people like maybe the gold star moms yeah. that lose their children in uh, parents, they lose their mm-hmm. children in war, and all of a sudden they create this amazing organization. Mm-hmm. Or um, I remember a young lady in the, in the church that, that she was a I'm every woman type of lady, um, Audra P. Uh, Russ. Mm-hmm. And Audra died suddenly. Right. Yeah. And I'll never forget it as a as a pastor, being at the hospital, and that was Audrey was my first experience of uh being at someone's bedside that had suddenly died, mm-hmm. and they're they're not there mm-hmm. There's their spirit is gone, and they're not cold they're just as warm and I remember touching her and saying, "You know she's still warm, I feel like she, you know there's no way she's yeah. gone you know mm-hmm. um." But in her sudden passing, we decided to have the Audrey pre scholarship mm-hmm. because she was, she was a, do, a do-gooder and she was a make it happen woman she and she was a single mom. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and with her sudden death, there was a mission right. that we, wanna, we want to provide a scholarship to young women or young men that are from single parent homes mm-hmm and um to help them go to college mm-hmm. um at some point the, the the grief turns into a mission yeah. um, where you want to say this person will never you know disappear from the earth mm-hmm. that we're going to take their their joy right. their life their whatever it was about them and we're going to funnel that into a mission that can impact hundreds thousands and millions of people right. yeah. you know
1: yeah. That's how it was with my mom when we had her home-going celebration. I was like, okay, this day get here, this going to be the end of it. I could go on with my life. But then as I sat and I saw how many people really loved her. Yeah. And honored yes. her and it was a beautiful service I told my mom I just spoke up to heaven. and I say I'm gonna finish what you started just the legacy of doing good yeah. helping the disenfranchised mm-hmm. and those that were down that was her legacy and some yeah. stories I had never heard until then I always knew she was there to help people right but that helped me heal yes. some as well and all those people the cause I remember your mama did this I remember your mama did that and it really helped me yeah. heal instead of thinking about how she died right and her dying suddenly that was my right go that was my goal to her mama i'ma do and i'm gonna finish what you started absolutely and so
0: today uh, i want to leave you with this final scripture in psalms 18 and 28. Mm-hmm. it doesn't matter where you're at right now in your grieving process mm-hmm. understanding that eventually you'll get to that stage of acceptance in some form. Uh, But I wanna encourage you, um, that mission for your loved one is possible. And Psalms 18 and 28 says, my God turns my darkness into light. And so we want you to know that there's hope and there's strength. And even now we're gonna pray, Father, I thank you together, my sisters. We pray for those that are watching, that are in different stages of grief. We thank you that you're going to help them to find light in the midst of their darkness. We thank you that you're bottling up their tears and you are keeping track of everything. Nothing that they're facing right now is wasted. You're going to receive all the glory and all the honor for it. And through it, in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Hello. Greet someone and let them know that you see them. I'm so grateful that you decided to join us for this week's episode entitled Layers of Grief. The grieving process is a pathway that we must all travel. My prayer is that we have provided you with tools to help you navigate through the layers of grief when that time comes along with helping yourself and your sister friends. Don't forget to follow us across all social platforms and invite your friends to watch next week's episode of Sister Friends Cups and Conversation.